Welcome to Windsor Christian Fellowship Church Podcast. Our church vision is to win generations to Christ, connect them to His master plan, empower them to succeed, and grow the kingdom of God. For other podcast resources or more information about Windsor Christian Fellowship, please visit us at www.wcf.ca. Have you guys been enjoying our series, our purpose series that we've been going through? It's been great. I absolutely love having the guest speakers up here and the panels and just hearing some different perspectives. Last week, um, we heard a powerful message on empowerment. It was Pastor RJ and Wally spoke, uh, and they did a fantastic job. And this week, uh, we have uh, the opportunity to hear a uh, message on growth. And uh, Pastor RJ is going to be coming up with Norman Nadine, and they're going to be delivering another uh, powerful message in this series. So uh, just join me in welcoming them this morning. Good morning. Good morning, Windsor Christian Fellowship. How's everyone doing today? I hope you're all having a fun day. It's a fun Sunday. The weather's nice. You're here. You get to listen to us for a little while. We'll try to behave. All right. So as we're going into this today, there was a couple of things I wanted to cover right at the very beginning, and then I'll, I'll have Norman and Nadine introduce themselves in a little bit. I just want to remind everyone, in two weeks from today, we have our ABBA offering, which is our capital campaign. Uh, I request that everyone to just pray and ask the Holy Spirit if that's something you're supposed to participate in. Uh, the missional portion of the capital campaign this year will be going uh, towards uh, the meals for the children at the camp, and as well as we would like to uh, get a bus started up in September so that we can get some of the people that need rides to come in so that they can be equipped with us here at Windsor Christian Fellowship. And... Um, we are still looking for a few bus captains that can assist us with that. And uh, anyway, feel free to talk to the information center and they can give you a little bit more data on that if you'd be interested in that. And, uh, you know, we believe, we believe through the scriptures that God has encouraged all Christians to be generous in every arena of their life. So as Kieran was just talking about, it's a part of our worship. We continue worshiping with our tithes. We continue worshiping with offerings. I personally believe that it's the offerings that get into the multiplication of your seed uh, when you sow in faith. And you want to give it to God and let him multiply it and, and so that souls can be changed and lives can be touched. So that said, uh, Norman and Dean, why don't you guys talk about yourselves for a couple uh, good morning, church, brothers and sisters. I am uh, I'm currently known as Norm Wakerel. Not always the case. Another story for another day. Uh, my wife and our daughter, Gabrielle, have attended WCF for, for about seven and a half years. Uh, I've been saved uh, six years on uh, this October 23rd. Uh, so uh, to do some math, in my, in my, I'm in my 60th year. Uh, so for 53 years, I, I, I lived my life as a very, very proficient sinner. <laughs> but then in a moment that took a lifetime, I took his hand and he pulled me up out of my sin 
and changed my life in its course forever. And I knew at that moment that in his eyes, I was created perfect in my imperfections. And at that moment, I was loved, chosen, and I had my father. I sit up here today in awesome wonder of my, my Redeemer who knows no sin is too great or heart too cold and all glory is to God. Amen? Today I serve as a deacon. I'm also a church elder and not the oldest one, but, but, but close. I help with the hospitality ministry. And my wife and I are facilitators of the evangelism ministry and we teach that class. Uh, some say it's the best class at WCF. And uh, we are active in downtown outreach for the forgotten, the afflicted, and the needy. I'm very happy to be here today, presented to you nowhere near as a finished product. I'm a man that gets up every morning surrounded by life's challenges. And I try to rely on the Lord and His promises. That's my strength. And today we have been asked to share on a topic we both can uh, safely say that our, we have very strong convictions for. And I, we thank Pastor RJ for inviting us. Yep, and um, my name is Nadine. Norm shared a little bit about. <laughs> okay. Um, I, uh, been, yeah, he said how long we've been at WCF. I, I gave my life to the Lord when I was younger, in my younger years. I can remember, uh -huh, my mother's here. I can remember when I was, you know, eight, nine years old, you know, uh, wanting to give my life to the Lord. And um, then I, and then I, you know, committed my life in my teens. And then what happened after that is I, uh, I backslid for about two decades. And uh, during that time, I can honestly say that God was still with me every step of the way for a moment such as this. And everything that the devil tried to make for evil, God made it for good. Because every testimony and story that I have is for his glory and also serves the purpose of showing people what is possible through Christ. And so I stand, uh, sit here, very honored to be able to be up here and speak with all of you. And um, as Norm shared, he was a proficient uh, sinner. Uh, <laughs> in the beginning of our marriage, um, neither of us were serving the Lord. I had backslid, but I was invited to WCF and I came and uh, started serving the Lord again and um, prayed for my husband uh, for, for many years. And, uh, seven years. <laughs> for seven years. I guess I should say that, for seven never years. Never give up hope. Yes, never give up hope for seven years. Um, and here we are. So as he mentioned, we're um, elders. Um, I also serve in the music ministry, uh, the hub uh, ministry and uh, yes, the best class, the evangelism class, as uh, Norm says. Yeah, God is good. He is. Amen. So just to to recap for everyone, we're doing our purpose series, and we opened with uh, equipping to lead. And you know, we equip the body of Christ for everyday discipleship. Uh, that's what we do here at Windsor Christian Fellowship. We equip people so that they can go and make disciples, as is the biblical model. Now from there, uh, we talked about leading and uh, leading the generations to Jesus and how we can lead in our everyday lives. We lead in our communities, we lead in the workplace, we lead in our neighborhoods, we lead in our families. 
And then we went from there into connecting to God's master plan. And, and, and there was many concepts we talked about with that. And, and ultimately, God has a plan for your life. And if you can connect to the plan he has for your life, that will, that will be beneficial for you and for the kingdom, right? Because he doesn't waste anything from our past, does he? No. He takes that, he sanctifies it, he turns it around, and then it becomes a strength for us so that we can minister to others. And then we spoke last week about the empowerment to succeed, and we really need the Holy Spirit. And I find it really uh, interesting that today they call it Pentecost Sunday in some circles, and, and that's when they, they, the day of Pentecost came, when Jesus uh, breathed upon his disciples and they received the gift of the Holy Spirit. And we are a spirit-filled church, and we are Christians, Christ followers, and we live by the power of the Spirit. And, and we touched on that a little bit last week, where that empowerment from the Holy Spirit is so important in your day-by-day -day life, where you listen and you obey, and you listen and you obey. But today we want to talk about growing the kingdom, and, and there is a couple parts to this. Obviously, you know, we, we grow personally in our relationship with Christ and in our relationship with others, but we also want to grow the kingdom of God, and that means that when we are obeying Christ and we're doing the work of the ministry and we lay hands on the sick and we do the, the work of miracles, you'll see in those moments the kingdom of God is expanded and growing. So we are going to be equipping the body for everyday discipleship. And we do this by obeying the great commandment and the great commission. So I'm going to start today's message uh, by asking Norm to talk about the good news of the gospel and gospel fluency. So as Pastor RJ said last week, we, were, were, uh, we heard that we are empowered. And how many of you are excited about that we are empowered? Let me hear. Are you really empowered? How many are happy that you're empowered to go and make disciples? Amen. Amen. How many are happy that you're empowered to go and share the gospel? Amen. We're empowered to go and grow his kingdom, to glorify him to all that we come across, and that should be our, our mission in our, in our Christian walk. In Romans 1, 16 uh, and 17, uh, Paul writes, For I am not ashamed of the good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes, the Jew first and also the Gentile. The good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight, and this is accomplished from start to finish by faith. As the scriptures say, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. Take this in a little sidestep. Fluency is a term to describe a level of confidence and comfort that you have. When, when someone has the ability uh, to speak and write a language and they don't translate back to their mother tongue. It's just a, a natural thing to speak in that language. You don't learn a language in a classroom. It's an everyday immersion, an application. We should be speaking the gospel fluently into our lives and those we come across. Because I believe that if there's one language that all of us as Christians should be very fluent in, it's in speaking the gospel. If you look up the definition of the gospel, it, it's of course, everybody knows it's in the dictionary, it's, it's literally the good news. Mm -hmm. But if I asked a hundred of you in the room to write down the gospel in a couple paragraphs, I'm pretty sure we would see uh, quite a few different answers. Essentially, the gospel is God's rescue plan of redemption for those who trust and believe in His Son, Jesus, in order for us to be reconciled to a holy and just God. But things you want to include in your gospel definition to anyone 
and in your own understanding of the gospel is that first we were dead in our transgressions and trespasses and separated from God. And then Jesus, the Son of God, came along for us and saved us and lived a perfectly submitted life on our behalf because we were incapable of it. He was the only acceptable sacrifice, the perfect sacrificial lamb that went to the cross where he exchanged his righteousness for our sins. And he paid our ransom so we could return in relationship to God the Father through him. He died on the cross and on the third day he rose. And please, when you're explaining the gospel, do not miss the importance of resurrection theology. Because without the resurrection, we are all still prisoners in our own sin. The resurrection makes him Christ. It makes him the Messiah, the King, with the authority for the great exchange. The resurrection tells us he overcame death, Satan, and sin. And then the same power that rose Jesus from the dead, it's in all of us. And we have the same power of the Holy Spirit to fight sin and grow the kingdom. And finally, uh, we know he sits at the right hand right now of the Father. He intercedes constantly for us. How many are comforted by that? And finally, we have a Christ who will return on that final day. And he will make all things new. He will repair and restore all who are faithful. And that is our hope and that, our hope and his, in his glory. The, the gospel shouldn't just be spoken to as a concept, a story to be put aside in a, in a drawer in our everyday lives as we figure out stuff on our own. Figuring out our own solutions, man-made solutions that we come up with, with on our own, apart from God, are, it's, 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 uh, it's almost, uh, I don't want to say, I, I, uh, I, I keep on wanting to say adultery, it's not adultery, it's <laughs> idolatry. Idolatry, oh. Uh, not adultery, sorry. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> that, the word I'm very uh, not confident about, sorry. The gospel is a past. We have to remember that the gospel is a, a past, a present, and future thing. In the past, we were all children of wrath. But we were saved and made children of God. And the, in the present, we use it in filtering everything. We, sh we should be using it to filter everything we encounter through its lens. It, it's through the eyes of God. And finally, it, it's in our future as it is the hope of the gospel that he holds our promises and our salvation in his hand until that day of glory. Amen? Amen. Now, gospel fluency is when, when we believers apply the belief in context and the power of the gospel in every single aspect of our lives. Everything. Not relying on worldly solutions. Whether it's your, your uh, marriage, whether it's your finances, whether it's conflicts and resolution, your anger, your, if you're involved in social activism, stewardship and unbelief, and then the workplace, and in your neighborhood, sorry. It goes on and on, and everything you, you can name should be seen through the promises and the truth of the gospel. Be fluent in the gospel and know its power and apply it knowing it is a plan, it's a plan for us, and his answer to everything. Nadine? Yes? Would you be able to talk about maybe John 16, 9 and belief? Yes. So, you know, uh, John 16, 9 says uh, about sin and the true nature of it, um, 
it, okay, about sin, it's because, because we do not believe in him. So all sin, the world's sin is that it refuses to believe in me. So as Norm was talking about the gospel and gospel fluency, and, and we're talking about growing the kingdom, we have to understand the gospel in order to share the gospel in order to grow the kingdom. And um, the, like Pastor RJ asked me about belief in the gospel. We really have to ask ourselves, do we believe in the gospel? Do we believe everything that the gospel says? Because if we believed everything in the gospel, our communication of the gospel would probably be a little different. And I just wanted to share this example. Does anybody know what Norwex is? I do. <laughs> By show of hand? Okay. I was once a Norwex prophet. So, <laughs> I mean, if someone introduced me to Norwex. So Norwex is this cleaning, these cleaning rags and supplies that you can use and you don't have to use any chemicals. Apparently it has aluminum in it and you, it will clean your glass or your windows clear with just water, water in a rag, and then you kind of wipe it down. Anyways, someone introduced me to Norwex and after I was introduced to Norwex, I was evangelizing Norwex. Does anybody, I would stop people at the photocopier at work to tell them about how Norwex changed my life, how, how Norwex took um, one hour out of my cleaning routine, how Norwex doesn't make my skin so sensitive. Um, Norwex is cheap. If you compare it to how many times you buy um, Windex, you will have paid for Norwex 10 times. Norm nor Gabrielle. Oh, wait, you huh? can get two for the price of, of one. Oh, now. I, I was selling Norwex to everybody at work. And, and they don't pay me. And um, <laughs> Gabrielle and Norm, I wouldn't let them bring Windex or Mr. Clean or nothing in the house. No cleaning chemicals at no, all. No, ever. I was like, we have Norwex. This is a Norwex house. Okay. Can you hear the excitement in my voice talking about Norwex? because I believed in Norwex, right? I don't carry on like that about Norwex anymore, really, but, I, well, a little bit, but I mean, it still works better. But anyways, um, the, imagine if we talked about the gospel that way. So when we think about how God transformed our lives, when we think about, like I think about, I mean, just, just thinking about all the goodness of God constantly, I mean, I just break into tears every single time. But when I think about how God has been so good to me, when I think about things I've shared before, I mean, my husband bringing, coming to the Lord, um, I've had multiple cancer scares, I've had so many things happen in my life, and God has always managed to keep me um, and to perform miracles. If I believe who he says I am, if I believe who he is, and I know that my commission is to share that with a lost and dying world, and I'm not sharing that with a lost and dying world, do I actually believe it? You know? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, our belief in the gospel should be enough motivation that we need to share the good news. We should. Yeah. It's very important. Yeah. So, as a backdrop for this, what we're talking about with gospel fluency and believing in the gospel. If you were to read Matthew chapter 13, which I'm not going to do right now just for time's sake, but 
In there, you'll find the parable of the sower, the wheat and the weeds, the mustard seed, the yeast. And, and I find it interesting because the first two parables there, um, they talk about sharing faith, right? And, and sowing seed and, and, and casting your seed out there and, and taking the message of hope that's placed within you, the good news, the gospel, and, and sharing it with others. And thank you for explaining, you know, the fullness of the gospel so that everyone can have a concept of what that looks like today. And, and really what we do is we make the invisible kingdom visible when we sow seed and we share faith with others. Because how many of you can, can you, you see God's kingdom? But it's actually here, it's present, and it's demonstrated in your life when you exercise obedience to the king and you take the message of hope and bring it to others. And the one thing that we got to remember is, it says, these signs will follow the preaching of the word. That's when we lay hands on the sick and they get better and we cast out demons and they leave. And, and what happens is everyone's, where's the signs and wonders? Uh, the truth is most Christians don't share faith with others. And then they don't ever experience the power of God demonstrated in their life because they're not even being obedient to like Christianity 101, go and make disciples who make disciples. See how that works? And then the second two parables that we talk about, they're talking about the kingdom expanding and exerting the influence that we have. And, and, you know, the mustard seed is one of the small seeds, becomes a giant plant. Yeast, you just put a little bit in and it leavens the whole batch. It's necessary for the bread to rise. But, but what happens is both of those are examples of how the kingdom of God works. And really, Jesus came and launched the kingdom at his death. And he entrusted the whole message, the whole salvation of humanity was entrusted with like 11 guys. And they weren't even like the most qualified guys. I mean, at one point, I remember one of the religious leaders who was qualified made a comment, something to the effect, isn't this an uneducated Hebrew? Like, who is this guy? He didn't come up in our schools. He doesn't speak the lingo. He's not a master of Greek and Hebrew. But God qualified him. And Peter spoke with such wisdom, he confounded the wisdom of the wise. And, and what happens is the kingdom of God is the power of God in demonstration inside of our lives. And when we're obedient with the first part where we take the gospel out to others, then we see the power demonstrated inside of our lives. Norm, from there, do you want to um, talk about maybe disciple-making and our mission? And Yes, so um, part of the kingdom-making is, is things like disciple-making. And as uh, everyone that's familiar with the Design to Lead um, uh, course that many took, it's disciple-making happens everywhere in your lives. And we're all here to make disciples. Take opportunities and find opportunities. Be intentional. And your sphere of influence is everywhere you are. It's not just here at church on Sunday. It's, it's at your work. It's at your uh, non-saved uh, non friend's house. It's at, uh, at, at uh, a sporting event. It's out at Costco when people are pushing around, shoving and cutting you off and parking. It, it's all those places where we show the, show, uh, the nature of, of Jesus in us. And as far as, as mission and missional work, uh, we in, in North America have done an excellent job of creating the Sunday experience inside these walls. But unfortunately, that's not where we're supposed to 
Jesus wants to go beyond these walls into mission. He wants the evangelicals to go out and preach the gospel and let people know the good news and show the love of Christ to everybody. Not to be passive observers of people that are poor and oppressed, but to know that, uh, that we are, are called to, to minister to those people and help them. We all have, uh, uh, a couple weeks ago I talked, we're all one percenters or ten percenters in this world. Just simply the, the fact that we have a, a home or a roof over our head and we eat, most of us eat daily. We're incredibly blessed, even though sometimes we don't see that. And, and when you start stepping out and doing mission and seeing people that are, are truly in need, those are they're wonderful opportunities to grow king, the kingdom. And as far as, as prayer, uh, in our wonderful evangelism class every Wednesday night, not when I'm just, it's not on right now, but we, we say that outreach begins with upreach. It's a, it comes from the, the curriculum. And if you think about that for a second, all things begin in prayer. But are you being obedient to what you're hearing in prayer from God? Because I'm sure he's telling us that we're supposed to be uh, missional, we're supposed to be making disciples, and we're supposed to be showing his love every opportunity. Uh, in John, First uh, John 4.19, we love each other because he loved us first. God is love, and we should act like you're his image bearer and filled with his love always. I know it's difficult. I don't want to come across as hypocritical. Sometimes I don't like what people have done or for driving or something they've done that's offended me. And I, it's, for that moment, I have, to I have to go back to the gospel and realize that uh, I am only who I am because of him. His love is supposed to be inside me. We need authentic love, not the culture love that we see in songs, on movies. That isn't love. Love is the 24, 25 words in John 3, 16 that tells us the true love that we should be showing. And just don't, and not just, hey, I love you, brother. I love you. Not that. that, that. It's, it's superficial. And I'm, I'm stopping all superficial types of things like that. I, I mean, if I love you, I'm gonna, I want to know more about you. I want you... Uh, I want us to do life together. I want to know how is your family, how is things, is there anything I can do for you? That's love. That's the love of Jesus. That's the love that he showed for me. He took me up when I was down and raised me in him to glorify him. Just the last thing on this. Don't be a judge of other people's sin and be a lawyer for your own. So... Safely, kingdom evangelism is really living a lifestyle of evangelism because we love God and he loves people. We love him, so we love people. And that's reflecting our Savior in his actions, his attitudes, and, and, and actually what he does, his deeds. You want to talk about the lifestyle and being a follower of Christ? Yeah, definitely. Um, but even going back to that last point, um, I know I had shared with you when we met this week something that I really struggled with, but continue to work through. Um, years ago, my brother was murdered, and I really, really struggled with loving certain kinds of people and that I knew were responsible. And God has worked on my heart 
And those are the people that my, I have the biggest love for and heart for. And I think, I just, I just kind of wanted to share that. The Holy Spirit put that on my heart to share that. That every and anything is possible with his agape love. It does transform us. And to go into um, what you were talking about, lifestyle, um, people, your evangelism isn't just or sharing the, the good news is not just about going out and standing on the corner and or, you know, quoting Bible verses, you know, to people that you meet. Evangelism is lifestyle, right? Um, and being followers of Christ, we should, we, we, we are to exemplify his lifestyle, right? Um, he says in, uh, is in Matthew 5, 16, let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good deeds and moral excellence and recognize and honor and glorify your Father who is in heaven. So um, remember this quote Mahatma Gandhi said, um, I like your Christ, I do not like your Christians. Your Christians are so unlike your Christ. And I mean, really? I, I mean, it's, it's hard to hear, but that's a very famous quote. And I think for us, we need to remember, and I'm preaching to myself as well. I'm talking to myself as well. We have to remember that when, as followers of Christ, a, another way that we're growing the kingdom is through our lifestyle. Because people see you and they say, you know, why is she so happy? Or, uh, wow, she really got through that difficult situation. And then it opens up the door and you're like, well, let me tell you about Christ. Let me tell you about the person that made this situation better, who came and uh, created a rebirth in me so that I could be where I am today and to share that hope with you. So I'm going to read Matthew 25. Okay? And in verse 35, For I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then these righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink, or a stranger and show you hospitality, or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will say, I tell you the truth. When you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. When we look at evangelism and outreach this is a great starting point how do we how do we live and interact with others do we really help people who are in need or do we really take steps in that direction and try to understand with empathy and compassion like jesus had and love people or do we just want to make ourselves feel better here you go god bless you look how great i am Go ahead. Sanctification without the Holy Spirit is just your own works. Absolutely. Dead works. It's a dangerous trap for everyone to be very mindful of that. Jesus, of course, is in Windsor. He's around, he's around us all the time. But I just want you to suspend your belief for a moment and close your eyes and, and picture Jesus walking into town, down 42 here, just the Tim Hortons. And he has a, a turn he has to make. He comes to South Windsor or he goes down towards... The, 
the downtown core. I think it's without any doubt where, which way, where he would go and where he would go to minister. Are we our brother's keeper? Are you your brother's keeper? We are our brother's keepers. So in our lives, we, have to, we should look, we're commanded to look for ways to serve the poor and the needy. Uh, Charles Spurgeon, a uh, famous pastor, said, said if, if, if you are not concerned for others' salvation, you have to question whether you are saved yourself. I know those are harsh words, but it's, it should be in the forefront of our, of our lives. We get distracted by the world. Of course, that's what the enemy wants us to look at things that are shiny, things that are different, and not concentrate on what we've been asked to do by our Savior. So maybe you could talk about here in North America where we live in a post-Christian world and maybe even take it right into hesitancy, throw it back to your husband, and we'll see how that goes. Definitely. Um, as many of you know, um, right now in North America, we're living in a post-Christian world. Like before, if you said Jesus, most people knew who you were talking about. And they knew who his character was. They knew what his identity was. They knew what he stood for. Now, when you see, when you, if you say Jesus, not everybody knows who you're talking about. And our, you know, institutions, society, it's, it's a post-Christian world in North America. It's but, a curse word more than it is our savior in some circles. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and so we know that he's coming back soon, right? We know that he's coming back soon. And his, you know, he said in Acts 1, but you will receive the power and ability when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses, both in Jerusalem, in all of Judea and Samaria, and even to the ends of the earth. And then he left, and he left us with the Holy Spirit. And he is waiting to come back because we, we have a commission to let everybody know so that as many people as possible will be able to be reconciled with him. And we're running, we know that we're running short on time. And so the Holy Spirit has empowered us to do this. And as we, we talked about, we love people and we know our commission and we want to see souls saved for, for Christ, um, but and we were here to fulfill the call that God has on our life. Each one of us is different because each one of us has a different circle of influence and each one of us has a different gift and it's not a mistake. So with all of that being said, um, sometimes there still is some hesitancy for us to do this. Hesitancy to evangelize is, is a very common thing that we come across. We have met many people that were, didn't uh, want to take the class, even though it's the best class at WCF. They, <laughs> and when we spoke to them, and, and you speak to more people about it, it's because they, they, they have a fear. They have a fear or a misunderstanding of their role, their command. So if they have fear, if they're living in fear, they don't understand the gospel. They don't live the gospel if they live in fear. Because Christ is with us. Um, they also feel not qualified to share their, uh, their, their, their 
their faith with people, and we are all qualified. There's no perfect person. We're all sinners. And I think, I think uh, when we get caught up in perfection, and we're not perfect, we're perfectly imperfect in our Savior's eyes. We're in the I process. Mean, uh, people will think that they're going to get asked this Bible verse, or about this Bible verse, and it does, occasionally it happens that you get asked about something that you can't, you can't um, uh, answer right on the spot, but you try to get an answer. But instead of worrying about that, worry about, uh, in James, where they tell us to be doers of the word, and go, make disciples. That's what our, our great commandment and mission is, to show the love of Jesus to everyone and share this. Can I, can I say something? Sorry, sorry to interrupt. Very funny. Not my time. That's funny. I just wanted to... It's okay. She's on my time. <laughs> Thank you, Pastor RJ. <laughs> Anyways, so I just, I just wanted to say, just when you made that comment, it just reminded me of the fact that we think that the pressure's on us to save people. It's the Holy Spirit. We just have to be obedient, and the Holy Spirit is going to work through us. That's all I was going to say. Thank you. So, so no, no, you can. Right. That was good. I like to like add on something very positive, and I appreciate that. <laughs> um, so disbelief, I, 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 we talked about this this week, of course, in, in preparation. I, I said to Nadine, imagine if the disciples were in Jerusalem in the upper room after Christ left and decided not to go forth and make disciples. They just, nah, it's okay. We're, we're fine. We're loved by Jesus. What would our world look like today? We would have no church. There would be no church. There would be no... Uh, so, so take that upon yourselves. I hope that becomes a conviction of yours. Because it's not my conviction. It's not Nadine or Pastor RJ's conviction. It's, it's what we're, we're commanded to do by Jesus. The world would look very different. Um, I just, as well as uh, hesitancy, is that uh, mm -hmm. okay? You want to go into feeling not equipped? Kind of feel like you got that. I think I got. I got okay. That. So as we look at all of this together, you know, we, the church, have been placed here on planet Earth to fulfill the great commandment: love God and love each other and to fulfill the Great Commission to go and make disciples of all nations. And very practically, I think he explained to you what the gospel is. And very practically, we live the Christian life every day. Everywhere that we go, we represent him. We are his ambassadors. And if we remember that we're ambassadors of Christ everywhere we go, and as we live the Christian life, even in our imperfection, we can still love others, share faith with others, and so seed of the message of hope into their lives. And one of the things I just wanted to encourage everyone with is don't be discouraged because someone doesn't fall on their knees and repent every time you share faith. Sometimes you're sowing a seed that someone else will water and 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 someone else will water. And uh, actually, I was sharing with them earlier this week, we were kind of talking about some stuff and I remember years and years ago, long before I was kind of um, working in a church, I was just kind of serving in a church. Um, and I remember there was a young lady that was struggling with addiction. And I remember picking her up and taking her over to mentor group for, I don't know, about a year or two and, until she was able to maybe get back on her feet a little bit and get some transportation. But I went away for years. I went to Dallas, I went to Philippines, and, and, and years later, I remember I was sitting just over there, kind of where Ron and Meekin are sitting, and uh, 
I, I was sitting there and we were coming off an encounter weekend and this lady turned around and said, hi, RJ. And I said, hi, have we met? And she goes, you don't remember me. I said, I don't know. <laughs> and uh, it was that same lady and she just wanted to let me know she's doing good. She comes to church when she can. Sometimes she goes to another one because she doesn't live so close. But it was very encouraging to me to know that seed that I sowed almost 20 years earlier had come to fullness. We don't always know where the end result of the seed that you've sown is going to be. But we don't stop sowing. And I will say this before we go into uh, altar call communion. You know, the one who sows the seed, the one who waters the seed, and the one who harvests the seed, they all get the same reward. Everyone who does their part in the kingdom will be rewarded according to what God has called you to do. Don't compare yourself to others and don't compare yourself to what you think the results are. Sometimes, I mean, you had to pray seven years. What if you only prayed six years for your husband and then stopped? Yeah. Think about that. Yeah, I had thought about it, yes. I mean, hey, there's hope for all you Leafs fans out there. Keep praying. <laughs> Norm and I were talking about that earlier with Mike. Keep praying. Don't ever give up hope. I did a message on that one time. Okay. Let's stand up for a second. You know, at the end of Matthew 13, he talks about the hidden treasure and then the fishing net and then really the rejection of Christ. Not everyone's going to accept Jesus. Not everyone's going to go to heaven. And, you know, we don't like to hear that in the world that we live in today. But the truth is, everyone has the right to choose God has given everyone a choice. And you can either accept the sacrifice of Christ and, and receive the gospel into your heart and let it transform your life and receive salvation, receive eternal life, or you can reject the message of hope. But when you stand before God and he asks you, what did you do with the knowledge of my son? You are going to have to answer him. Amen. And I tell people all the time, you can bow your knee now in this life or you can bow your knee later, but every tongue will confess and every knee will bow. So if you've never given your life to Christ, I'd like you to uh, come down here with us uh, when we partake of communion today. And uh, also, as we go to the table today, as I was meditating on this, I really, I really felt that there's this verse in the, in the Old Testament. I actually should read it. It's probably a little bit better if I read it for accuracy. And, and it says this, if I can find it. It says, wherever you set foot, that land will be yours. Your frontiers will stretch from the wilderness in the south to Lebanon in the north, from the Euphrates in the east to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you, for the Lord your God will cause the people to fear and dread you as he promised. Wherever you go in the whole land, look, I'm giving you a choice between blessing and curse, and you'll be blessed if you obey the commands of the Lord. And I really got a sense in my spirit that there's some of you that are hesitant. You're not sure that God is going to back up the preaching of the word with his power. You're not so confident in your belief in him, but he's telling you everywhere you go, I've given you the land. Make a decision to be obedient to his commands and the blessing will follow. Disobedience does not bring blessing. 
That applies to every arena of your life. If you're praying and God is instructing you to do something, you need to be obedient. And when you're obedient, then where your foot goes, you'll be blessed. Many people want the blessing, but they don't want to put in the work. They don't want to be obedient. You know, the truth is, if I want to get in better shape, I probably need to do some cardio and hit some weights and, you know, eat a little better and then maybe my body will transform. But the truth is, if I'm not willing to put in the hard work, there's no magic pill that will transform my body. And I know science is trying to invent them, but they're limited at best. See, for us, you're either obedient to him or you're not obedient to him. And none of us have arrived, but the truth is, can you be obedient in the process while he's perfecting you and working things out inside of your life? Father, I thank you for the bread in our hands today. And as we come to the table, Lord, we look to Jesus. Lord, we surrender ourselves to you today. I thank you for the truth that you've given us and the power of God that is present in our lives. And you've changed us so much from the inside out. You've given us your Holy Spirit so that we can hear your voice and obey. And you've empowered us, Lord, to go and do the works that Jesus did everywhere we go all the time. Help us to continually reflect on this. Continually live a life of surrender. Continually live a life of obedience so that we can most fully realize your power and the transformation of our lives and those around us as the law of seed time and harvest is in effect in our lives. We sow seed and God brings forth the harvest. So we thank you for this in Jesus' name. And as we have the blood of the new covenant, Father, as we have received forgiveness from you, we release forgiveness to others. And as we release others in forgiveness, we can receive forgiveness. Lord, I thank you that your blood is powerful and it frees us even from the curse. Frees us from separation from you. Frees us from the death penalty of our sin. Today, I declare freedom. I declare health and wholeness over everyone listening today, mind, body, and spirit. You restore us to wholeness. So Father, I thank you that you're transforming us that your Holy Spirit is present in our life. You're leading us, you're prompting us. And as we are obedient, we expect much good fruit to be produced in our lives and in the lives of those around us. That not a single soul that's entrusted to our care will be lost. That we can be obedient in every arena of our life. And I thank you for this in Jesus' name. So Windsor Christian Fellowship, you've been equipped. Now go and grow and be the church. We love you guys. Thank you.